Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. Hope you're doing well. I am Britt Dowd. Excited to bring you um, another great episode, man. We've got some good content here. Uh, what we did this time, we've got documented episode. We brought um, some new team members on board. So we've got four new team members um, this week that have been doing training. So this episode goes over kind of a, a brief overview of our company history, some of our culture, where we're going. We address personal goals, chasing the why, um, and then we also talk about a little bit about uh, on the heels of the Super Bowl, why the Patriots win, um, and how they do that over a sustained period of time. So that's an interesting discussion. And then towards the end, we also get a little bit of advice um, on, it's called the Star of Success. And uh, Tiago, our, one of our guys in a leadership role at our company, goes over that, and I'll add little tidbits here and there throughout. So listen in. This is a great episode, and thanks again for joining us. but I want you to focus on your personal mission because that's what's going to pull you through those days where it seems monotonous, tiring, hard. You can look up and say, hey, I'm, I'm heading in this direction. I have a why that's greater than myself, that's greater than the company, that's a bigger pur- purpose, and I want you to focus on that. in order here so I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of the company overview Um, I've done some form of lawn care for like as long as I can remember back to like me playing basketball all the time my dad was like okay like you can play basketball but you need to get some sort of job some sort of income I'm sure there was like a conversation like hey dad I want these shoes and he was like well you need to pay for them yourself, go get a job. So I started push mowing lawns. I mean, it had to have been around like eighth grade. So as far back as I can remember, like my first few jobs were some form of lawn care. It was literally, my dad had a push mower that he was going to let me use. We had a weed eater and an old blower. And he was actually painting houses and I was in there helping him. And he's like, hey, if you want to do it, you need to go get some clients so walked out of the house he was painting Um, it was actually a duplex in overland park kansas and i still remember to this day walk up the street and i just start door knocking first person was like "Ah, i'm not interested but i'll tell you what that old lady right there if you can deal with her she'll sign up so i'm like okay (laughs) dotty so i go up and knock i knock on this lady's door she answers the door and she's like this you know, grumpy old lady. She's like, what do you want? And I was like, scared to death. I was like, I was going to mow your grass. <laughs> She's like, oh, really? She's like, well, I cuss a lot. Do you care about that? I said, no, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> and she just like died laughing from that day on. She's been a client of ours. So she was like the very first client. Back then, <clears throat> my brother and I, like we thought we had to be official. So we came up with this name. <clears throat> excuse me, it was called Lawn Boys because it was my brother and I 
So we were just mowing lawns. Come to find out, like, that name is patented, so you can't really use lawn boys in this area. Was he mowing, too? I didn't know he was mowing. <clears throat> yeah, he was helping me. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the mower. He was weed-eating. Yeah, cool. I made him hit that weedy drip. Yeah. But anyways, that goes all the way back to, to junior high. Fast forward through high school and college, I built up a small little, you know, weekly schedule of mowing clients, maintenance accounts. Always really loved the work, loved being outside, loved the ability to, like, start something and, like, make it look better by the time you're done. It's kind of like that instant gratification. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. I enjoyed running the business. So I kept it all through college, um, and that's what kind of helped me pay for some of my schooling and stuff. <clears throat> when I got out of college, I had a degree, and so I thought, dang, I got a degree. It's time for me to, yeah, I don't need to do this stupid lawn care anymore. I'm going to hit the corporate world. So I got a corporate sales job. You can call it corporate. It was working for um, Farmers Insurance. I was starting my own agency, and that was, I was doing really, really well, making good money. Um, it was kind of funny because the whole time, it's almost like God had it meant to be for me. Because the whole time I still kept my mowing clients. And my boss would be like, dude, why is that your truck and trailer? And it was just this old ratty piece of junk. And I would get out in a suit, you know, and have to like dust off the grass <laughs> of my suit. I was like, yeah, man, that's, that's me. That's what I do on the side. He was like, why are you doing that? I was like, I just enjoy it. The money's not bad. And, you know, it just kind of helps us pay our bills right now. I was newly married at the time. So anyways, one thing led to another, and <clears throat> my boss at that organization, it was almost like instead of being real with me and caring about me, he hid certain things about the career and how it operated from me. And so that, to me, <clears throat> like loyalty and honesty with my like faith background is a big deal. And so he hid something from me, and he was like, well, if you do this, you know, you'll get paid X. And so I did that, but then he said well, yeah, you hit that mark, but if you don't stay a certain time period, you know, you're going to owe money back to us. And so I was like, what? Okay, so that was like eight months in. Twelve months in, there was one more thing, and so it just kind of severed, you know, my moral and business ethics. So <clears throat> praise God for that because it forced me back into the green industry um, and also... <clears throat> excuse me my throat um praise god that i still kept those clients because it was an easier transition <clears throat> so i literally told my wife on like a wednesday hey i'm not doing this anymore and it's not because i don't want to work hard it's not because it's not a perfect fit it's just i don't feel like it's what god has called me to do so she's like okay cool it was literally the moment <clears throat> so like you have these moments in your life where like everything changes i had just put up a fresh sign I can show you guys the old building that said like Dowd insurance agency put it on the window come back to the, my office and when I sit down it's like God was like what the heck are you doing and so I was like dang it how do I do this I'm newly married my father-in-law is intimidating as heck now I gotta go All tell right. him you that, me that his son-in-law is unemployed you know, I've got 30 mowing accounts, father-in-law. That's what I'm going to provide for your daughter on. But that's what I did. I told Brooke from that day, I was like, hey, this is what I think I want to do. I think we should talk to your dad, um, <clears throat> sit down, and come up with a game plan. And that's where he kind of came into play. 
My father-in-law's been in the green industry for, shoot, it has to be like 30 plus years now. And he kind of helped me tie my passion with the professionalism side and the education side. So he taught me all the chemical side of it, taught me, hey, here's what companies that are winning, here's what they're doing, here's how they dress, here's how they act, here's their sales process, their marketing process. And I always, I already had that entrepreneurial mindset and that hardworking spirit. So with him helping me kind of hold my hand through that first year, it just kind of went from there. Um, that was the fall of 2012. So kept all those lawn mowing accounts. Fall of 2012, Green again started. Went out and bought a $2,000 aerator. $1,500 truck, so my, my aerator was more expensive than my truck, $1,500 truck. Is that the red aerator? Uh, yeah, the red aerator, we still use it to this day, that thing's a beast. Um, and then, let's see here, Brooke had some money saved, so she kept that in savings. The following year, we spent her money on upgrading the truck and marketing, and we're still, kind of what I want to explain to you guys we're still in that grinding phase it's like it's never I never want to have the approach that we've arrived we've made it you know we have more people here we have a good team we're building foundations but we're still laying everything out on the line every day at the you know at the end of winter we reinvest a scary amount of money back into the company we haven't really raised our lifestyle so We've cut really, really deep to win, and it's worked to this point. So very humbled and grateful and um, just excited, excited for the future. Uh, <clears throat> before I go on talking about the company, I did want to address, like, you guys. I really appreciate you seeing the vision and coming on board. I'm excited for your future. Um, I will tell you, we inter I interviewed more people than I've ever interviewed this past winter. We told a lot of good people no. We told a lot of people that were more qualified than you guys no. And it was for three main points. We always we do these three metrics. Are you humble? Are you hungry? And are you smart? And we feel that everybody in this room over-indexes on those three things. And when it comes down to it, <clears throat> each one of us has you know, flaws, weaknesses, strengths. But on those three things... I feel like you guys, like you crush it. And that's what's going to gel us together as a team. Just knowing at the end of the day, you guys are humble. You've done a lot of good stuff in your personal life, in your work history, but you're humble about it. Um, you're smart, and not just book smart, you're street smart. You know, there's people that are book smart, but they, you know, they're airheads with certain things. I feel like you guys in this room are... And, and girl. When I say guys, just know you're included okay. in that. You guys, okay. you, understand, you grew up with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys. Like, you see, it didn't even register either. I'm like, okay, oh, good. Okay. You're not you're not just one of the guys. It's just my, my well, phrase. Uh, one thing I think is pretty funny about you saying book smart and street smart. Yeah. Um, at one, of my, at one of my jobs where I was working at uh, the warehouse, uh, we had a guy in the office that worked with my wife. Yeah. And this guy has a doctorate, and he was a, a teacher at KU for the longest time. And a lot of people got mad at him because they said, this dude's an idiot because he'd mess up a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it shows you that just not everything goes hand in hand. I mean, this dude's probably smarter than anybody in the whole warehouse. Yeah. But he had trouble 
Oh yeah. Do some of those the street smarts that like. and relational smarts and. <clears throat> and then yeah, that is what we did interview. I mean, a ton of people, yeah. which should make you. It, the point is make you guys feel good. <laughs> yeah, we did, and we still need one more. And we were like, man, we need one more. And until a lot of people know, we're like, I mean, how, why are you gonna get somebody you know that you're not gonna fit with the team and you're gonna mess up everybody? Tiago just said this like Friday, I think. I'd call them driving home. Like, man, we need that fourth guy, and he was like, you know, we would rather not hire anybody than hire somebody that doesn't fit our team, doesn't fit our goals. <clears throat> so we're still still trying to find that fourth piece of the puzzle. So if you guys know anybody that is interested in interviewing, I mean, we'll we'll give them a shot. So and then we're doing a career fair Thursday at MNU. Uh, so hopefully we find some people from there. But wanted to add that little tidbit. Um. Well, I'll talk a little bit about yeah. the company too. Uh, yeah. So when I started with Britt, uh, we were at the, his barn over there in Paola and Sorry, but I, we had to pee in the crab grass because we didn't have a restroom. The crappy, he, the crappy then grass. Then when he yeah. came, we have a restroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before um, Sage came, or Rain was pretty little. She was like a month old. Mm-hmm. So it was still easy to go in the house, use the restroom, but she, you know, it was kind of tough because it was six thirty in the morning, so I was waking her up and stuff. So you have to pee outside. But anyway, we we about what two hundred eighty clients, three hundred close to three hundred. When you first came on, yeah, we were like three thirty, and they went down to two eighty, yeah. three hundred. So just two years ago. Yeah, so two years ago we were two eighty, and our goal was like, hey, we need to hit five hundred. We need to hit five hundred. So we, I mean, it was just him and I, and then we. I think we did hit 500 at the end of the year mm-hmm. and then uh, we had to go to hit a thousand the next year and then <clears throat> but we learned a lot last year with people quitting and, and all the stuff but we got 960 close mm-hmm. to 960 and then people start quitting and stuff <clears throat> and we're down now to 850 but I mean we are we always set a pretty high goal it's not like easy we're just gonna do this and it's gonna be easy for this goal but uh, um, we always talk about this. It uh, seems like like it's not because we're not satisfied, but we could be, you know, just us two with 800 clients. But I think, I mean, we always talk about this in life. I mean, we, this is so beautiful, you know, to grow up this, the company, and maybe, you know, we're gonna be feeding like 50 to 100 families. Instead of be just us two, uh, because anybody can go and then open a long care business and, and it's not that hard to be just you, but... You see so many out there. Yeah. Long care. But you said you didn't watch the game, but um, I, I watch the game because I like how to see, you know, what Brady says after the game yeah. and how he uh, <clears throat> he approaches the team. I think that's always pretty nice. I watch a game this morning. He says... Uh, He's like, I, I can't even answer how I got six, but Edelman, he's to go guy. Like Edelman and my defense, I mean, they if it's not for them, I mean, I can't, I, I don't win this. Yep. Oh, my, oh, my coach. He's a, he's a machine, though. Yeah, Brady's he's, just yeah. always in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But uh, it's just nice to see in two years, we're like, what the hell? We're like, two people now, we're going to have eight. So, I mean, this is, it is pretty nice. And coming from being over there, not having a restroom, and now we have uh, this warehouse. I mean, it's, it's pretty nice. And um, he does, um, 
Thinking fast every winter and stuff, and not every stuff gonna be new. But I mean, <coughs> we're gonna drive old trucks, and we always say this on the interview as well. Uh, the small company is good and bad. I mean, it's good because it's we started with us, and here three five years on the road. I mean, we're gonna be whoever works hard and deserves, and we'll be managing stuff. But at the same time, you know, we don't have all the what the big company has, all the stuff that, you know, you've probably seen this a little bit and on our industry, and I don't know, I have no idea how they do and stuff. Well, some places they get complacent. They get stuck in doing a, <clears throat> what works. a certain way, what works, and they never have, like, a... The goal is always really attainable. Well, where I was at, it was really attainable, but it was a small goal. It was it small. was Yeah, it wasn't, like, 85 sales from just myself was really easy to obtain okay it's incredibly simple yeah. and i always thought that was real low i was like why are you not doing 200 or awesome. it could be 150 you're 150 <laughs> you know but some guys aren't good at some guys that i worked with were really bad at selling yeah mm -hmm. so i would help them out i would give it to them because i don't need and we never got commission on since we just got our yeah. we got rep off everything yeah. that we did yeah so i would let them sign just keep it in your name because yeah. You know their their number might be low and the boss might be on for that, so I, didn't, I mm -hmm. never really cared. Yeah. Uh, but eighty five was always just so small for four people doing lawns, yeah. and only have fifteen hundred customers, and you've been around for twenty five years. That's awesome. You know, I, I heard somebody say the other day like, your goals should keep you up at night. So both personal, and career, and we're gonna we're gonna list personal goals and career <clears throat> goals. Because I want to know them. I, I want you guys to be comfortable sharing those with me. Because um, one of my goals is helping others achieve their... Anyways, like, that's why I would rather, like, shoot for the ultimate goal and miss it by a little bit than every year you attain your goal and you hit something easy. And yeah, you feel good for a second, but I'm just... I've always been the guy... Like I'm the guy that you I when I go golfing instead of like hitting an eight iron or a, a three wood I pull out the driver and I swing as hard as I can and I go for the fences and that's that's where we need to be as a company like we need to go all out you only live once we're all in this together yeah. and we're just gonna we're gonna go for the ultimate goal I I think it's funny that you brought up the Patriots because <clears throat> a part of my talk that I wanted to do this morning. Um, so there's two things. One, on my devotions this morning, talked about the four stages of parenting, but it perfectly translates to how my relationship with you guys is going to progress throughout this year and the years to come. So I'm going to go over that right after we talk about this, but you guys can add or disagree with me, but I just wrote this down because there's a ton of people hating on the Patriots, so I thought this was interesting. I just wrote down why the Patriots win, and so I went off like the W as the win column. So I said waiver. So for me, they manage the ups and downs of life better than anybody else, better than any other team, and they manage the ups and downs of each game better than any other team. So I thought that was good. So first W is waiver. Second W is weaknesses and strengths. They exploit the other team's weakness. They take advantage of those moments in time 
where you make a mistake, they're going to capitalize on it. So I thought that was interesting. <clears throat> and then also, so you got weaknesses, and then they focus on their strengths. I literally heard Tom Brady talk about it in an interview. Everybody always looks at certain individuals and like, well, you lost this guy last year. This guy's hurt this year. This guy's not having a good game, a good year, whatever it is. Instead of focusing on those things, what he does is he capitalizes on the strengths. So you can tell in a game, if Edelman's on, he's going to go to Edelman. And he does that. They exploit weaknesses, and then they both capitalize on strengths. They did it to us in the Chiefs game. Oh, the run game. Kept running, yeah, kept running. Kept just, running. Gronkowski is just a big blocker. Yes, right. just capitalize on what's working. And you guys can take that as well as you're growing your career. We're all going to get hung up on, I'm so introverted, I'm worried about sales calls. Or I get to a sales call and I always screw up. Or, man, I never can seem to get the calibration right. I want you to work on those things. I need but, to do 25 longs, but I'm doing 20. Yeah. How do I do the 25? Yeah, but I would rather you focus on your the one or two things that you're good at. Keep doing those good. Keep working on the things you know that you may be weak in, but capitalize on those strengths because that's what you bring to the team. You know, I have stuff that I'm going to be really, really good at, and then I have areas where I absolutely suck. And am I going to dwell on those areas? No. Well, Katie right. fills a huge gap for me. I am horrible with time management. I'm horrible with remembering things. I have a thousand things going on. So I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to choose to focus on what I'm good at. Go ahead with That's what you're like, uh, Tom Brady, look at Tom Brady. He wasn't a first-round draft pick. Yep. It's because he had a lot of flaws. He was drafted in the third round or fourth yep. round. Um, but what what it was is he came in with certain strengths and certain weaknesses. Yep. A lot of the strengths he had were really great strengths to have. Yep. And what they did is he came in the Patriots and they surrounded him with people that made his weaknesses uh, not as bad. And yep. so then through that, every year you saw Tom Brady get better and better and better. Yep. So now all his weaknesses are almost gone yep. and now he makes everybody else around him better. He was more of a better. game manager when he first yeah. started. Like he would, they ran the ball a lot yeah. and it's just short passes. <laughs> yeah. You see, I don't mean to be like <laughs> downer, <laughs> but I really do not like Tom Brady. I don't like Tom Brady at all. For so I mean. many reasons. Okay, tell I me think more <laughs> But you have uh, to respect what he's done. Like it's music, just like Michael Jordan. I don't think, I don't think he does so it without, without the right people, though. <laughs> I don't respect him. I don't feel he's the right head coach. Right. Uh, be, well, because I'm like, he's cheated. You know, like oh, many cheated. times. It's so, but like, there's cheated. even footage at the championship game of he and a ref talking right before we got the interception. Just so you all know. That's the problem with the ref. I get where you're coming from. I, I, I do. Patrick Mahomes, you know, because a guy who everyone's like, okay, well, this guy, you know, someday is going to be really good. Yeah. You know, and then his first year as a starter, he's like, you know what? And he just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, you know, and then he completely blew everyone away. Right. And he's a really big team management, you know, manager. And with him only being like 23 years old, you know, and he was a leader because everyone else just fed off of him because he's a good guy and he's like, hey guys, 
like the sky's the limit here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but the thing about the thing about that makes Tom Brady a lot more relatable is look at Patrick Mahomes' background. He was raised around Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter. He's raising a pro pro level. That's like that's like saying that here at us in lawn care or something like that. That the the best of the lawn care business, we got to be around them the whole time. Where most of us are coming in, we're just we're not that great at it. We're pretty good. Tom Brady was good, kind of great. Could have been something. Maybe could have been nothing. So it's more relatable. He, 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 almost, he almost didn't make to the yeah. college. He, he almost he's sent now fifty takes. Yeah. And nobody was giving it actually. And then he went. To, and then he went to his, his favorite school, Michigan. Yeah. Let me finish this up real here. He was horrible. Let me me finish this up. Um, So, what's funny is, I'm talking about the Patriots. I'm not talking about Tom Brady. So, Tom Brady's a leader. You can hate him. You can love him. But as an organization, that's what I'm addressing. Because, yes, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan. But you can't ignore, as an organization... The ability to win over a consistent period of time, they're doing something right. So let's go back to this. They manage the ups and downs of life. When they're high, they're not too high. When they're low, they're not too low. So they don't waver. Weaknesses and strengths, we talked about that. Then I've got here, the next W is wisdom. Wisdom, I put this, wisdom and walking. So that's those actionable steps each day, those basic tasks those habits that you build, that's what I call wisdom and walking. Taking one step at a time and focusing on a system and the daily activities. So, as an organization, it's not that they had a good run towards the end of the year. It's that this time last year, they were taking actionable steps, repeated every day, focusing on the little details as an entire organization. All the way from Tom Brady down to the janitor, I'm sure that entire organization is pushing towards excellence. So wisdom and walking and just taking that step every day and focusing on the little details. Then I've also got the obvious one, which is work. They fa- they sacrifice day to day so that they can win in the long run. And I just want you guys to think about this quote as we move forward, as you set your goals, as we look at our company goals. We all have, you know, Sean, you sit here and you have an idea in your mind. Like you're thinking in five years, I want to be here. In 10 years, I want to be here. And hey, even at Green again, by the end of this year, I would like to have to done, you know, I would like to have done this. And so on the back of that, I want you guys to think about this. If you want to get somewhere that you've never been, you must do something you've never done. If you want to get somewhere you've never been, you must do something you've never done. And that's what we're getting ready to do as a company. We have 2,000 clients. I've had people tell me repeatedly, hey, you're not going to hit that. Hey, that's too crazy. And, and we may not. But you can bet we're going to do every day what needs to be done. And we're going to stretch ourselves in ways that we never have to get somewhere hopefully that we, we've never been. So I want you to think about that. Um, and then last point I'm going to touch on, and then I'll, I'll let Tiago talk as well, and we can open it up for more topics. Yeah, got a couple questions. Uh, um, so in my devotions this morning, it was talking about the four stages of parenting. 
I want you to relate this with your relationship with me and as a company. Um, and the, the wording doesn't fit perfectly, but you'll, you'll see where I'm going. The first one is, is babysitter. It's, it's I got you. So in that stage, you're taking care of them. I'm making sure that, hey, you don't leave the organization. I'm making sure that, you know, you're safe in our trucks. You're taking care of the equipment. So the first one is I got you. The second one is referee. That's the I punish you stage. That's the, hey, show up on time. Hey, here's how we dress. Hey, here's how we deal with a client. This third one is coach, which is I'm for you. That's like, hey, I had you. You've learned how we do things. Now I want you to know that I'm for you. I'm on your side. We're all pushing the boat in the same direction. Um, and then the last one is teammate. That's the fourth and final phase where we're all on the same team and it is saying, I am with you. So we've gone through the ups and downs of life, through the business. I want you to know that in all things that you're doing personally and work related, I'm with you. So I want you guys to think about that as we as we progress and uh, just kind of wanted to leave you on that. I'll let Tiago open it up a little bit and I also that want works. you to talk about our... Uh, I'll let you touch on like the company culture and mission as well. Yeah, I'll finish here. Uh, one last thing, don't just don't think about Tom Brady. Just think about any good athlete, LeBron James, and a lot of people hate LeBron James as well. <laughs> I but, love uh, LeBron. Yeah, but I play I play sports. It's just so hard. Like Mahomes, everybody loves Mahomes, and I do too. But I want to see like him twenty years. Is he gonna stay in the same level? Right. Because it is. I mean, you have to eat right. You can't go out. You can't drink. You can't smoke. I mean, you got kids, so you don't sleep when you have kids. So imagine like a night before the Super Bowl, you're not sleeping because you got kids. I mean, so just how from 2001 to 2018, it's 17 years being better, the same level. It is tough, because I played college basketball. Like when it was Christmas break, I didn't do a thing for two weeks. When you come back after Christmas, oh my gosh, like you're throwing up, you, it's just tough. So it's just incredible to me how somebody can stay, you know, on the high level, like LeBron really for 15 years. It's even better. It's just, it's just incredible to me. Like right now, we green again now. In 10 years from now, is Brit gonna stay in the same level? Right. You guys, like everybody's, or we just gonna start slacking and working 30 hours a week, taking a lot of vacations, getting drunk, or we're gonna keep working hard for the next 20 years. I mean, it's just tough. Hey guys, it's Britt. Just wanted to jump in here real quick. First of all, thank you for listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, as always, really, really appreciate all the listeners and uh, support that we've had throughout this. Speaking of support, we want to thank Jobber, our sponsor. And not only do we want to thank them, we want to tell you guys about an awesome new offer that they've given our listeners and our listeners alone. So um, what they've done for you is they have discounted their price for the Jobber software program that we talk about all the time by 20%. So that's awesome. So if you haven't checked them out, now's the time. They've added a new landing page um, just for us as well. You can hop on there, check out some of my comments, thoughts, and some of the, you know, some of my favorite features around the Jobber platform. Um, it's always nice when you're kind of, you know, shopping software programs, what you're going to do. 
you're going to write it in the notebook or if you're going to go big time and, you know, try to do jobber or looking at real green or some of the, I don't even know all the other ones because um, honestly, we've used jobber from day one. So um, if you are shopping around or interested, take a look at it. As I mentioned, they have a landing page. What it is, it's get jobber um, and it's backslash Brit dash Dowd. So get jobber backslash Brit dash Dowd, I believe. So let me double check here just to make sure. Getjobber.com backslash Brit, B-R-I-T-T dash D-O-W-D. Hop on there, check it out. Take advantage of the 20% discount. I mean, 20, come on guys, 20% is insane. I don't know what you all offer for a prepaid discount. It's probably like 5%, 8%. So we offer 10%. Um, that's a little bit more than industry standard in our area. Jobber is offering you 20%. You don't have to prepay month to month billing. Um, and they're offering 20% off. So take a look at it. I know you guys will love it. We've been using it now for, I think, six and a half, almost seven years. So take a look at it and let me know what you think. And uh, really appreciate your support. Let's get back to this episode. Hello, this is Tiago with Green Again Lawn. Uh, I'm a part with the leadership team. Uh, this is my talk about the start of success with our new team over here. Anybody know? So there's actually four steps. One, two, three, four. Anybody want to guess what are the steps? What what happened with the human being, kids, and stuff with us? Four steps of learning? Yeah. Nobody want to guess? This is the parents. This is what I was talking about yesterday when when the the speaker always asks. What do you guys what do you guys think about this or well maybe you guys answer know. answer the question. So the first one is unconscious unconscious and incompetent. I'm gonna write this down. Okay, this is the first stage. The second stage is we are conscious and incompetent. Unconscious, competent. And then the third one is conscious and competent. And the fourth one we are unconscious and we are competent I hope I'm saying this right okay so I'm just gonna get read here a little bit for you guys uh, so the first one unconscious and incompetence so on this stage uh, we do not know what we do not know so like just uh, two, three, four, five months kid. Like we have no idea what's going on in the world or in life. So they just going 
with the flow, learn what's going on in the ward and stuff. The second one, uh, what was the stage? We begin to realize how little you know, but you're still incompetent. But you start learning, realize what you know. The third one is, uh, in this stage, the conscious incompetence, the skill of inform. So you, you start knowing a little bit more and start getting confidence. And the last one is unconscious and competence. The reason I want to say this is just um, like when we start spraying. And basically, you know, you get on the truck, you don't know how to spray. Some, mmm, that look good over there. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know how to spray the lawn. Somebody's going to teach you. You just, hey, you're going to get the hoe when you have the hoe. Am I making you nervous? No, you're not. I just I thought you guys were gonna laugh when I say ho, but nobody did. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't want to be that guy that does that to you. Yeah. Okay, good. So when you spray, like, what do you do when you get there? You don't know anything. So you you are unconscious and incompetent because you don't know what's going on. So and then on the second stage, you start being conscious. Okay, so now I'm spraying over here. I have to go left. I have to get this good coverage have to get on a good speed. So you start becoming conscious, but you're still incompetent. Why is that? Because you get a confidence, you know, hey, if I don't spray here, I'm gonna mess up. If I spray too much, I'm gonna burn the lawn. And then on the third stage of the learning process, that's when you get it after like 20 to 40 lawns, you start going, you know what you're doing, and then you start being more competent. Okay, I get out of the truck, I'm spraying the lawn, I get all the covers, the speed and stuff. And the fourth one, you're not even think what you're doing. You're just going. Like, now I know how to spray, I know what to do, so you just go. So just, uh, this is going to happen, and probably your daughter right now is going to be learning how to ride a bike. Yeah. What's going to happen? So she's going to go through this stage. She's already at four. We haven't even started. She's already at four? She's <laughs> And, and just, yeah. just, in, just anything in life that we do. I mean, when we learn how to drive the car, and just, just anything. Just like right now, Jamie knows a lot about lawns and stuff because he's been here, but you guys don't know a whole lot. So right now, you kind of, you guys like in the stage one. We're on one. He's on three. Yes. Yeah. But eventually, everybody's gonna be here. I don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like you know, hey, this is what we do. App one, app two. You just don't. For the, for the new I people, don't. they over here, you kind of get uncomfortable, like, oh, what the heck, I don't know what to do. I don't know this uh, industry and anything. So I got to go to stage two. Hopefully, by the time we start in March, everybody's going to be, you know, between three and four. Because you're probably going to know a little bit about weeds and stuff. You're going to know what to do. And pretty soon, everybody's going to be on this stage here. Like, you're not even going to think about grass and stuff. You're just going to be thinking, oh. Now I need to get better on sales. Now I need to, uh, pretty soon next year, you're going to be teaching people, you know, what you know. So you're going to be far ahead on what this stage for. So just think it's not because I'm, I don't know, I'm stupid or whatever. It's just because that's how the human beings are. I mean, that's how we are made. Uh, if I go to your job over there, I mean, I would feel like I don't know what to do. But you've been there for seven years. So you're over here, like, you know, everything. I just thought it was kind of nice to 
uh, learned this. Uh, that way we all feel comfortable and don't feel too bad about the stuff. And and I personally like, even though like I've been here a while, I like to be everything I do on this two stage because I feel like I'm always learning, you know, and stuff. I just want to touch base on this. Any question here? Any you guys want to add anything? I would just add like <clears throat> there towards the end when you're unconsciously doing something that just comes natural, you feel like you're good at it. Um, that's awesome because that's where efficiency comes into play. But the flip side of that is if you're going too quickly and it comes too natural, mistakes can easily be made. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the guy who can unconsciously text and drive and never gets in an accident that eventually, you know, ruins everything. And so there is there is good and there is bad. Just like Tiago said, you always need to be learning, always need to be thinking about your process and where you're at in that stage so that that doesn't happen. Because unconscious competence is awesome, it's efficient, but it's also where mistakes can be made. So you always need to be making sure you're looking out for that. Um, do you mind if I add one more thing? No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, we were, so those we're stages, it's funny because kind of how we talked about yesterday, um, the four stages of parenting, the four stages of becoming a teammate and a part of a team, it kind of went hand in hand with that. The I got you stage where yeah, exactly. you don't know yeah. what's going on, you're drinking out of a fire hose, there's a lot of information, and, you, and you're literally just like, okay, I don't know anything here, I realize I don't know anything. That's the I got you phase. That's the... Hey, I'm going to hold your hand. We're going to do this together. The second stage, I don't like the wording, but for since it's a parenting thing, it's the I punish you. It's the, hey, you're not spraying the lawn right. We need to do it this way. Or, hey, you know, you haven't been calibrated correctly or whatever. So that's the stage where you're still learning and it seems a little painful and you're still trying to really nail down the way we do things versus the way you think we do it. Or the way you learned it could be incorrect. And then the third stage, what um, the third was? The third is you're conscious, conscious but still incompetent. Still incompetent. And that is the um, the I'm with Sorry, you stage. I did that. No, you're good. So that's the I'm with you stage, and that's the coaching stage. So now you've got a now you've got a little competence. You know no, what you're the third doing. You're conscious and competent. Conscious and competent. Okay, conscious and then and the last one you become unconscious. Okay, because you're just going because you already and you're just not thinking about it. It's like second yeah. nature. So yeah, and then that for the the those parenting stages and the team stages is the coaching phase. So it's I'm with you. We're doing this together. You know, Nick. Now you know how we do things. You're doing really good, but I'm still here for you. You know, I still may ride with you every once in a while. You still may ask me questions. And the fourth stage is. You're kind of being sent out. I'm for you, and that's where you're on your own. You get efficient, and it just kind of comes second nature. I also think about that um, relating to sports and anything like the 10,000 hours that we were talking about yesterday. When you become good at something, it becomes second nature, but you have to go through those phases of learning the fundamentals before you have that muscle memory of of doing stuff the right way. And hopefully, when you know you guys start be on a fourth stage and training somebody and get your team and stuff um, you make them feel like they're 
on stage one and two, but make them feel pretty good. Because mm -hmm. even though we know a lot, I mean, that we think we know a lot, not like John was saying, like, not stupid questions, it's a stupid question. Yeah. So just make sure, you know, because now you're learning, but eventually one, you know, uh, if you are, if you deserve and working hard, we want you guys to become a manager and manage 10, 20, 30 people, whatever, or being branch manager. So hopefully when you guys are up there, I mean, you're thinking that all that learning process, what needs to be there, which is good that we are starting now, and you just want to go to all the face of the business, and that helps instead of just being hired to be a manager or CEO, or, which I always like this idea to do, start low and then kind of grow in the company. Uh, That's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah, kind of, uh, I didn't even realize it kind of got together with your speech from yesterday, which yeah. is kind of good to kind of refresh. But this year, uh, this is start of success. I learned it. It was 2014. I thought it was pretty, pretty nice to know. So there are six, uh, there are six, I don't know how you guys want to put this. So six corners or six steps or, but the start of success, uh, we have this title because you know there's six things you need to know about a star. There's a lot of stuff behind a star, so you guys can think of it. But the first one here will be a self-esteem. Hopefully I spell this right. Esteem. Esteem. E-S-T-E-E-M. T-E-N? E-E-M. There's two E's back there. You're good. You guys being too quiet. Do somebody want to explain or give an example <laughs> about self-esteem? What's um, the definition of self-esteem? Self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. Yeah. How you feel about yourself? And how mine's dwindling because Britt likes to pick on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, which is kind of, um, you know, can go both sides. So when you start working as a team, you know, it's always hard because, you know, always somebody making fun of you and you you are scared to make a mistake and uh oh do i look good i don't look good am i working hard am i not working hard am i being happy or messing up everybody it's just uh self-esteem is pretty hard but it had to come in you from you you don't have to wait for me to make you being happy or you know which is everybody's job but you have to be you know i have to come to work and i have to be happy i have to be you know not think about hey what's james gonna think about me what's sean gonna do is he <laughs> <laughs> jamie yeah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go so you just have to be um feeling good about you you have to be you know you, do, you can't be down on you thinking negative stuff you just you just gotta feel good. You gotta come here. You gotta think you're Patrick Mahomes, you're Tom Brady, you're LeBron James. You just gotta come. Yeah. So you just come here. You're the superhero. I think you're. Yeah. Mrs. Katie Sparks. The second one is. Let me get here my notes. Ambitious. This is a nice one. I like to talk about this. Because it brings some that I like. Anybody else want to talk about ambitious, being ambitious and stuff? 
hungry. But I think like a lot of people get confused about this. A lot of people. And you know, not that people that are the church say that wrong. But I remember you saying from your pastor one time was having a hard time with money. Uh, that he was saying like you don't want to have a lot of money and stuff. But I think ambitious is a lot of different than being pride, you know, have an ego and stuff. Being ambitious is, it's not wrong. I mean, it's, it, nothing says on the Bible that you can't have money, that you can't have a Mercedes, or you can't have a new house or stuff. So being ambitious is actually pretty good for you. You know, I personally, I always want to do better and have a new house, and my dream is to have a Mercedes and stuff. But um, a lot of people take this in the wrong way. You know, it's nothing wrong to have a new shoes, and but how are you doing that? It's nothing wrong to do. You want to be a supervisor, you want to be a manager, or you want to be a CEO, or you want to learn here in op- your new company. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. So you got to really be careful, because a lot of people say here, here in a couple of years, oh, Britt got a new house. He, so he's this, and a lot of people are going to talk. Oh, he did this, and he did that, but I mean, he... Everybody here is seeing how hard he's working, you know. You mind if I add yeah. some points to that? So back to your point about, like, the pastor and stuff. So Jim Marvin, he's going to come in here and speak on Friday. He <clears throat> always says this. And I don't know if he, because he sees in me that, like, you know, I want to make sure that I'm always doing the right thing. But he always says, like, there's nothing wrong with thriving. So there's no, there should be zero guilt in trying to live a prosperous life where you and your family are thriving um, and he was talking about that a lot of Christians get that misconstrued they think well if you're doing really well somebody else isn't and so that's not good and you're not giving enough or something like that so I want I want to touch on that and then also tying this back to the Bible and our mission statement one the majority of people in the Bible that did the best work and had the biggest impact, also had the most money. And I think that kind of goes hand in hand because one with wealth comes power or one with having a good job and getting promoted and being successful becomes uh, meeting more people and networking and being able to help more people. Okay, so that's one point I wanna address with Ambitious. Um, The second one is our mission statement. There is a reason that we go to grow, to serve, to give. A lot of people that dog on people that are rich don't realize how much money they give away. And all those charities that were started, all that good that was done has to come from some source. And so we strive and we grow, we serve and we serve and we serve, and ultimately out of the fruits of our labor, Comes the margin and the ability to give. Now, should you be giving from day one and build that habit? Yes, but if you give all your money away and you give all your time away, you're not going to have any resources to do it again. So that's where the to grow and to serve comes into play. You have to be ambitious. You have to want to live a, a bountiful life because out of those, you know, out of that margin that you create, that's where you give. So this morning I was reading all of your guys. Sorry, I'm going no, a little tangent. No, you just keep going. Um, 
I was reading all your guys' goals. I was reading all your guys' personal missions, and they're awesome. Like, it's just a lot of good stuff. So, if you always lead with that why and have that giving mentality and that heart, everything you do with um, growing and serving is going to be in the right spot. So, there's nothing wrong with rewarding yourself knowing that kind of your personal why and your family and that stuff is guiding you. So, yeah, I'll shut up. No, that's Keep pretty going. good. I got home last night. I was telling Shane about the, you know, the first day and stuff. And I was like, I am so happy. I mean, that we got you guys. I, was, I always tell Britt, I was like, we went interview so many people, and we could have some jerk people here that we. Were, I was just so happy. You know, that, that's this group. I think we can be, you know, do all this stuff here, and then you, for you. Might be something different than for Jimmy, and then for James, and then for, for Katie and Jimmy Jones. So every, everybody got your own, and then that's nothing Stop wrong. Camish, yeah, Camish, Camish should be better. JM, we just call you JM. That's fine. <laughs> but I, I just miss. Yeah, I do think you have to be ambitious, though. I mean, you can't be here in Earth to just to go by. I mean, you have to be. You need to. To want your stuff, have to work for it. I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, to want stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have to, but first you got to get your your body mentally and, and spiritually and physical right, and then you have to be ambitious. And then we talk a lot, a lot about this yesterday. But the third one has to be your goals, and goals are, you know, I learned this as well that. If I'm thinking about buying my Mercedes, I have to write it down. I want to buy my Mercedes 2022 uh, white and a nice Mercedes. <laughs> and I have to put that uh, on a wall or something that I look at every single day. And I will do it. I mean, and you have to work for it. So goals has to be spoken and written. It can't be in and dated and everything. It has to be very, very specific. That's why when we work with our uh, marketing goals and numbers and stuff, we can't tell you, hey, we gotta hit 2,000 clients and that's it. Okay, we can hit that in 2040 or, no, it has to be 2019, how many per week, how many per day, what do you need to do to get that done? So, if you haven't done this yet, I would encourage you guys to, you know, not now, but sometime today or this week to sit down and write it down. so I want this a certain day and it, it is true though I mean I did this before and then it doesn't when you look back at that paper I'm like oh this is really happening sometimes it doesn't happen that day but it happened that month or before or a little after but it, it, it is serious though I mean when you write it down it seems stupid when you think about it like, oh, what, what's the difference I'm just gonna think about it and write it down I mean what but it does so Jimmy wants to close to 250, which I want to see that. So are you going to write it down? Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick said yesterday he's going to close 70. Yes, just 70? Yep. Oh. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you just write it down. Just write it down. You said the other day you want to save and buy your house. Write it down. When you want to do it, how much you need to save, what you, where you want to leave, and all this stuff. So the the fourth one would be attitude, I believe. 
Well, you're pulling that up. Can I say one more thing? Uh, work. Yeah, um, go ahead. So on your goals, one famous quote you guys have probably heard is from Zig Ziglar. It says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Yeah. So that's why we're driving these points home. Because we don't want you to come into this company and feel like you don't have a purpose. Everybody wants to feel like they have traction, they're going somewhere, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and the light looks good, and the light is where they intend to go. You know, it's not somewhere else, it's not what I've put for you, it's what you've set. So if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. That's why we're... That's why we're driving these goals home. Yeah, and I believe, uh, say this real quickly here. Um, of course, we want everybody to stay here years and years because it's what we always want the people. But I believe if you come in here and if you live in year two, three, or five years from now, but you live here a different person with a different attitude, you can even open another lawn care. I mean, we don't care if you open another lawn care and make fifty million in it. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Like, no, I don't that's great. No, I do. That'd be awesome. No, it, it is. I mean, we uh, want the best for you guys. Yeah. Of course. I think it's you. I was going to say, I didn't want to cut him off, but I think you're connected to this. Oh. Sorry. No, it, it is true, though. That's what I, I always heard from all the people that I work for and mentor that I talk to. I mean, if you can change that, they can stay with you forever. I mean, that's what we want. Two years, three years, you become a manager or a CEO, president, whatever you want to be. But if, if you just change personally, I mean, that's if we again go and then, of course, we want everybody to stay. But work. Um, I want Katie to hear this because I don't want her to feel bad. What am I going to say? So on work... Um, don't feel bad I'm going to use this example because you don't have a choice, but I, I believe on work, um, when you work eight to five, um, I mean, if you want to work for something else, I don't want to say this wrong, but if you come here to five, but you go home and you don't think about anything else, I mean, you don't think about work because you don't, you're going to be still going to put the brochures out. So you're going to work more hours. But I believe personally, if you work eight to five for your entire life, you're just gonna be on the same place. That's what I'm trying to say. But I don't want you to take that wrong. Oh no, I do. Because you're gonna be here eight to five. Part-time jobs here too. No, I'm saying like you go home, you study about long care, you're gonna put brochures. If you wanna be some, you know, improving the company, you wanna be promoted, whatever. You're not just gonna come here eight o'clock, do your job, and go home, right? You come here, you're about Brit, you're about me, and everybody else. That's what I'm trying to say. Like so, for us, uh, I don't want to just do the minimum. That's what I'm trying to say. You know, if Brie asks me to do this number, that number, I don't want to just okay. I'm gonna get this done and go home. You know, I want to be like, what? What can I do more? What? What? What can I do more to? Because if we have ten people here, who who you think is gonna be a minute? You know, that guy that comes here and then he's like, uh, do the minimum, bare minimum, and leave. He's still going to be here. But, you, well, that guy that comes and works hard, you know, always driving. Everybody goes home at 2 o'clock. He's working an hour later. And we say always um, do more. Always, what do we say? The always pay? do more than you get paid for. Yeah, that's what you want to do. You know? For our clients, yeah. for our company, all that. 
did did I get that right? I didn't want you to understand wrong. I think it's right. Like the way you said, don't do the bare minimum. Yeah, just don't do the bare minimum stuff. Unless you want to live an average life. Yeah, I I always believe in this and stuff. Like I really see, um, like my my wife, I she works pretty hard. I mean, she's she's eight to five. Well, now six to three, but forty hours a week every Friday. That they say, hey, there's overtime tomorrow. She she goes. I'm like, honey, I I only have four Saturdays, and then I'm gonna start working. So I say, well, I I gotta go work. <laughs> well, you go it then. So see, everybody there knows like, oh, overtime. Yeah, talk to Shayna. <laughs> so I mean, she she wants to buy a nice house as well, and she wants to hit her goals, and she gets home and keep working. So I mean, I told her, well, we're young. I mean, we don't have kids, so we better do now than whenever we get kids here and stuff. So, uh. She's she's trying to do more, so that's I feel pretty happy about that. And after that, it comes to your attitude. That's what are we kind of talking about. You know, when you come to work, you know you outside, nobody's looking at you. You by yourself. You get at somebody's house. You're like, hey, Mr. Jones, how you doing? How 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 is gonna be your attitude when nobody's looking at it? Because that's when you know when the gym light is off, no coach is not there, are you going to be working on your shots or are you just going to be sleeping? I mean, I think here is where it separates the the men and the boys and the girls and the successful woman, your attitude. <laughs> yes, I am a girl, everyone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you say girl, then... <laughs> yeah. We, we got we to get used to <laughs> But anyway, your attitude, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to show up late every other week. You're going to go home early than everybody. Um, we have five weeks to finish your, the loan application. You're going to finish on the last day. Or you're going to finish before and ask for a Friday off. Hey, Bri, I'm done, man. I, I think I can take this Friday off because I'm done. I mean, I'd rather do that than say, oh, I got to go on a Saturday to finish my... You know, I always go one more step. This last one here, I think it's pretty, pretty nice about the communication. Anybody want to say anything about work, attitude, goals, before we get to communication? Y'all good? Want to say anything? So anybody knows about the communication, how it separates in percentage, how it works when you're communicating with anybody? Isn't it Have you like, heard about this before? Yeah. Isn't like seventy uh, percent like is nonverbal, twenty percent is verbal, and then I forget what the other. Yeah, so you're on the right track. Yeah. So about seven percent of words. So what I'm saying here, it's only seven percent. You know, you guys, if I was over here, just like, mm -hmm, you guys are not going to pay attention, okay? Because, what, 38% is, let me get my notes here. So 38% are the, the voice, I don't know how they say this in English, but voice, signs. Here it's kind of hard for me. I can't move too much because I'm really close to you guys. But <laughs> but it's always good like when you you talk to somebody. So you're out there on the lawn. So you know you're looking at them. Or you you speaking 
you're moving your hands, you know, you're not like, oh, well, you do F1, and pretty much this, then, like this, you know. So you want to be pretty, because of 50, 55% of your communication is nonverbal. Okay, so that's uh, more than a half of the communication that you have with somebody is the 55%. On the phone, like how are you going to do this on the phone? I mean, they're not looking at you, so you just have to be smiling Pinch. on the phone. You know, always happy, and the phone happy and stuff. So 55% are nonverbal, which helps me that I don't know English, because only 7% are words. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty happy whoever figured this out. So 55 so about 93% you know, of the communication is like how you talk to people, how you act, how, how you smile, you know, how you're looking. You, you don't want to show up there looking all, you know, your shirt untucked and then you're going to be dirty because you're working outside, but, you know, beard and earrings and, you know, you don't want to be, and then you want to speak looking at them and so they, they don't care what you're saying. Like they do not care if you're doing F one, two, three, four. I trust me. I mean, they they do not care as long as they trust you and they they like you. What are they gonna do? They're gonna become a client. Real quick, let me add something there. So, on top of what he's saying, like they don't care about the loan application. When you're selling, when you're dealing with our clients, there's there's two things I always think about. One. It's always harder to fire somebody you're friends with. Number two, people do business with people that they know, with people that they like, and with people that they trust. So if people know you, people like you, and they trust you, they're going to do business with you. So what, what we need to do is figure out how do we meet more people, and how do we become more friendly and care more about them than us. And that's going to put us in a position where we're doing more business, we're closing more sales. Um, but that's this communication piece that he's saying, The there's another study done, so that it's nonverbal, but the most friendly people and the most attractive people that everybody like kind of gravitates towards are people who are others focused. So we all know that guy at the party that only wants to talk about themselves or only has stories about you know his past or whatever if you can always ask somebody else about their day how they're doing those are the most attractive people and so if you can start to learn and implement that in your life guess what you're gonna have more people that like you more people that know you and you know in turn you're gonna be doing more business with those people yeah so so that I'm just like this because like how are we, how are we gonna start selling and closing sales if I don't even know what pre emergence is? So that's what I always had in my my head. I was like, well, I'm just gonna knock doors and I'm gonna smile and make them trust me and like me. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna smile and hopefully they like my accents and well, that's mean, it. You gotta, you gotta that's where I'm from. Then I don't have to talk about lawn. You so. gotta think about it in the sense of lawn care industry or anything. We may we may do we may do certain things a little better than other companies, but in the end, we are all offering the same service. Yeah. What is what is gonna what's gonna make our 
what we offer different than anybody else. Bingo. Experience. Customer Bingo. experience yeah. and, how, and what they feel about us. Yep. Exactly. If I'm choosing between us and Ryan's, um, I mean, unless you, you do all the research on them and you feel like, oh, man, Ryan's been around forever. They're huge. Blah, blah, blah. Um, we both offer the same services. I mean, prices may vary a little bit. But in the end, do you like Brit? Or are you like the guy that was selling, selling you Ryan's product? Whoever you like a little more is probably the one you're going to go with. Yeah, yeah. perfect. That's perfect. really good. Yeah. That's really good. Perfect. Um, also think about it, too, when you come into the office. You talked about it a little bit. But I can say, hey, Nate, how you doing? You know, and that means one thing. And then I can, you know, do a little bit different voice inflection and smile. Hey, Nick, how you doing? And then you're like, oh, he really cares. Or I could say, Nick, how you doing? You know, and then you tie in the nonverbal cues, the voice inflection. It means a whole lot more when you do that third, say the third same phase. Thing, but I do yeah. a bad, I'll, I'll be honest, I do a bad job of that. Because I've got my head down, I'm doing something. And I'll, inevitably, I'll be like, what's up? And they're like, oh, great, Britt's too busy for me or something like that. So it's not like I do it good, but I'm saying focus on that. When you come into the office... You know, you're probably going to see Katie, like, come in last as we've been filling up her things. Make sure you're like, hey, Katie, what's up? How you doing? Smile, body language, all that. That creates an atmosphere where we all want to be when we come to work. So. Well, one of the biggest things I got, I got taught about nonverbal, because in college they make you take a uh, public speaking class, worst class in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, they say, they, they, they talk about this, and... Um, like, if Tiago was up there and he had his arms crossed during this, this presentation and everything, Tiago could be saying, hey, Britt, you're the greatest guy in the world and this and that and that. But as long as he's like this, yeah. what's, it shows him closed off yeah. and that he doesn't want to talk to you or he doesn't want to be doing this. So everything, he could be telling you you're the greatest person in the world. But when he's doing that, yeah. it could, you could perceive it as, oh, he's just blowing smoke up at me. Yeah. You know, he really doesn't care to be saying this. He doesn't want to be talking to me and all that. But he could be all serious as all get up, mm -hmm. but with closed arms or something, you're sending a total different message. That's good. That's really good. Well, this this comes to um to a little touch here on sales and stuff. But when you're out there with somebody on the lawn, uh, don't worry about like, oh, do I need to say my program right? I need to say this or that. Just be happy out there. If you say something wrong, I mean it. It's fine. Don't they? At the end of the day, it's not gonna. You can't lie. Just don't lie to them. But as long as they're happy and talking to them and stuff, <laughs> and then going back to the learning process, and before you know, you're gonna be on the stage four. So when you're in the stage four, and you get on a sales process, what you do? You start paying attention to what the people are doing. So if I'm selling to uh, to Nick, and now instead of thinking, what do I have to say? I'm gonna start thinking what he's doing. If he's looking down, he's looking at me, he's happy, he's thinking about what I gotta talk to my wife first. So when you know what you're doing, you already learn everything, and then you gotta start thinking about what he's doing. Because I promise, we're gonna get out there, you're gonna be like, oh, what do I do? 